This podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible, stay connected, informed, and inspired. Try Audible Premium Plus for 30 days free. Your 30-day trial comes with one credit, two credits for Prime members, good for any premium selection titles you like, yours to keep. With the Audible Plus catalog of podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals, you can listen all you want. No credits needed. Go to www.audibletrial.com slash entertainmentrants to start your Audible Premium Plus 30-day trial today. $14.95 a month after 30 days. Cancel any time. Audible, it's time to start listening. Welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast, your number one opinion source for all things entertainment. Join host Marco Mazzola as he sounds off on the latest movies, TV, music, gaming, comic books, and more. Now, here's the man of the hour, Marco Mazzola. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Entertainment Rants Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Marco Mazzola, and again, joined by my wife, Amy. Hello, Amy. Hello. How are you doing tonight? I'm swell. How are you? Swell. There's a word for you. We haven't heard that word in a while. Swell. I like it. So tonight, we are going to be reviewing, uh, going deep diving on one of our favorite (laughs) movies as a couple called Noises Off. Oh, God, I love this movie. What a good movie, right? So this is a movie. it It came out in 92. Uh, it's got a big cast, mm-hmm. small movie, but a big cast, but a big cast of, of name actors. Yeah, that's really, really where it's at. So I'm going to kind of go through that in a minute. Um, but let's play the trailer to the movie. <laughs> okay. What do you think? You want to listen to the trailer? Sure. All right, let's do it. Once upon a time, in a place of make-believe, there was a little theater company that couldn't. Sorry, folks. Am I doing something wrong? They couldn't get their cues right. What is going on? They couldn't get their lines straight. We only just managed to fit it in. I mean, we'll only just do it. I mean... They couldn't even stand on their own two feet. Are you all right, Gary? Don't panic, don't panic! He's all right! He's well done. Until a director was hired... Hold it! Stop! 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 Hold it! To take control. God said, hold it! He started with the basics. We know you've worked over in London in some very classy places where they let you make the play up as you go along. But we don't want that kind of thing here, love. Develop their talent. Would it perhaps be better if I came on a little earlier? Right, only only a little sooner, a shade earlier, like yesterday. Nurtured their creativity. Let me just say one thing. No. Could I ask another dumb question? No. And guided their every move. Don't fall down, Tim. We may not be insured. Now, if he can only get them to Broadway in one piece. I'm starting to know what God felt like. And what did it feel like? Very pleased he'd taken his Valium. They just might have a happy ending. It's like the band playing on as the Titanic sank. Touchstone Pictures and Amblin Entertainment present a Peter Bogdanovich picture. Is it a party? Noises off. I've worked with a lot of directors, but I've never met one who is so totally and absolutely, I don't know. Beautifully put, Gary. Oh, that is fantastic! And it really, the trailer really does sell the movie for exactly what it is. Um, so it's a it's a farce, it's a comedy farce based mm-hmm. on an original play. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie was directed by Peter Bogdanovich, who actually uh, the only thing I ever knew him from was Mask with Cher. Oh, really? Yes, he directed that that movie with Cher and. Um, oh God, now his name escapes me. Uh, Eric Stoltz, thank you. Um, <laughs> So he was the director. Now, the cast. Let's talk about the cast. You heard the trailer. Uh, for those who listen to the trailer now, you have a, a pretty, a lot of well-known voices there, right? Michael Caine plays the director. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your cast is rounded out with Carol Burnett, Denham Elliott, Christopher Reeve, Mary Lou Henner, John Ritter, um, Nicolette Sheridan, uh, Mark Lynn Baker, Julie Haggerty. I mean, it's just a, a who's who mm-hmm. for the 90s, 80s, and 90s, right? Like, just a, a well-ensembled cast, I felt, like, that really worked so well together. I mean, didn't they? They, they were just incredible together. What did you think of the movie? So, I never saw it till we were dating. Yeah, and then I showed it to you. Yeah. I only showed it to me. We've kind of done that, right? There's been a lot mm-hmm. of movies that I've watched a lot. Of, like, you have to watch this, you have to watch this. So this was definitely on that list. And I, so I really liked it. I liked it the first time that I saw it. I found it hysterical, but it's also one of these movies that as you continue to watch, you notice different things, like different little things every time yeah. that make you like it even more. Yeah. And I particularly like, so there's a couple of parts that I really like and that we can get to, but I particularly like the middle where it's the show where everything goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think that's like one of the most well-written comedic 
things I've ever seen. Yes. So to kind of give an overview, a quick overview of the movie, Michael Caine is the director of this play called Nothing On. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie itself is called Noises Off, but the, the, the play is called Nothing On. It's a comedy farce where people are kind of coming and going in this one one place in this one house this one house sort of in the countryside of england or whatever and they're you know in and out of doors it's one of those in the door out the door right bringing things on the stage bring things off the stage and how they're not supposed to see each other you know they keep missing each other right it's the, yeah. so you do that you start off by watching them do their first dress rehearsal right i think in des moines or one of the places Some, somewhere somewhere yeah. right and it's about how they that this group who's just coming together progresses to get to broadway and how they start off kind of you know the bumbling and not really understanding what their job is they're kind of like kind of rushed into it right they, they they miss their tech rehearsal now they're on their dress rehearsal and they're opening within less than 24 hours right and how he's just trying to pull them together Mm -hmm. and you know how they have all these personal relationships with each other and things like that and you know it it starts to break down right they they start getting it right and then they start getting it really really wrong and they start hating each other and on purpose screwing each other up behind the scenes and just you're watching from the front of the scene the front front of the house and watching this horrific train wreck of of a play going on and how michael Caine is just losing his mind constantly but then he kind of goes off to deal with another play while it's on its show run going around the country and then he comes back to when they're on broadway and by the end of the show they're fine they, get, mm-hmm. they pulled it together somehow. When they get to Broadway, they're good. Mm-hmm. The show comes out without a hitch, and he's very glad. But it's all sort of from his perspective in a way, and he's he does like the voiceover. Michael Caine does the voiceover. Is you know you listen to this, and who's this guy leaving the theater, which should be the director <laughs> staying there. Mm-hmm. So that that's the overview of the movie. Um, who are your favorite? Who, what are some of your favorite characters? And you obviously name the actor, and we can go through their their actual movie name. But so. I like I like Michael Caine's character a lot. Mm-hmm. I find him very, very funny. Yes. Um, I also, though... Like I, Lloyd Fellows. Mm-hmm. I like Carol Burnett. Mm-hmm. Dottie Otley. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, I like Dottie, Dottie Otley. And then uh, John Ritter always makes me laugh. Yes. Always. Yeah, because this, this is like a perfect movie for him. It's slapstick. It's He's very good at that slapstick fall down. When you watch him and you look genius. at like, yes, like the the physical way yeah. he could do comedy. Yeah. I mean, the only other person I've seen do it like that is Chevy Chase. And it's Chevy just, Chase, Jerry Lewis. Yeah. He's going back, you know, back a ways, you know, the, the greats. Um, yeah, he's definitely a very physical comedian. Um, and he always like that on Three's Company. He was always falling down pratfalls and that kind of stuff. And he played it off very, very well. So, yeah. Absolutely. Definitely one of my favorites. Um, this was sort of night, height of the Nicolette Sheridan. Uh, she was on, I want to say, not Falcon, but she was on Knott's Landing, I believe. Probably. I don't so know. So that was, she. They, they were in her, she was sort of his, you know, partner in the show. Like, everybody's kind of teamed up mm-hmm. throughout the movie as people, like, they were coming on and off together. Mm-hmm. And so Nicolette Sheridan was with um, I don't Jug particularly Ritter. love Nicolette Sheridan. Now, why is that? I don't know. She's fine. Like, she's, she's just fine. She's window dressing in this movie. Mm, sure. And in you know a lot I mean? of she's things. Dressed like she's dressed in like nothing, basically. Yeah. She's dressed in her underwear, essentially, throughout the entire movie. She's fine. Like, she's she's fine. And yeah. I've always felt that way about her. Like, she's just fine. Yeah. She's not exceptional. She's good. Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. That's yeah. just And my... she plays sort of the bumbling knucklehead in this mm-hmm. movie who keeps losing her contacts throughout the whole thing. Every time she gets bumped, she loses the contact, has to stop the whole production, has to stop the whole play because everybody's got to get down on the floor and look for her contact. First time she did it was in her eye. It just went around back. Yes. Yeah. I'll stop production. Um, so one of my favorites is Denim Elliott's character, Selston. Selston <laughs> Mowbray. He plays, you know, he's been around, like Carol Burnett's character, they've been around theater forever. And they're basically coming towards retirement, or they have retired, and he came back out of retirement or whatever to to do another play, because she wanted sort of like one last hurrah, where she, Dolly Otley, finances this play, mm-hmm. essentially. Well, sort of like one last, you know, going and, out with a bang. And he's a drunk. And he's a drunk. Well, yeah, I was and, getting there. And <laughs> they spent the whole thing trying to keep him off the sauce. Right. He's got bottles hidden everywhere all over the, you know, in the back of the house in front of him. So they're always they're trying to constantly keep him away from it. So that's part of the, the farce. That's part of the comedy. Uh, they're one of the tropes of the whole thing. And right from the beginning. Right, they're starting this dress rehearsal and they can't find him. Every time it's where sells and where sells and they they figure he's drunk in an alley somewhere. He was beside the or dead or dead. He was beside the seats, <laughs> like he was beside in in the theater beside all the seats. It just you know sleeping it off. Yeah, you know, and they're they're all searching backstage, front of stage, trying to find him. Where sells and he gets up, 
And that's the we have a clip of that. Do you want to listen? To yes. This is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm going to pull up a couple of clips during the show. So they've they've gone looking for him. They can't find him. And Dottie's kind of apologizing because she was the one who brought him. Yes, into it was the production. So yeah. Let's give him one last chance. But what could I do? We did summer stock together when I was just a kid. It's my fault, sweetheart. I should never have left you. This tour isn't just you know what I mean for her. This John Ritter's character he never finishes the sentence. I'm not out to make my fortune. So at this point, you see we know that. him sort of stumble. Blame getting up oh, we know, huh? while they're trying to talk about Something him. To buy a little house that she could—I mean, Jesus, that's not so much to ask. Oh, now come on, sweetie, you're not going to blame Christopher yourself. Reeve. Did Sorry? I mention that? You're Christopher not Reeve no, plays Frederick Dallas. No, I've got something behind my lens. Yes, it's not Brooke's fault. You couldn't expect her to keep an eye on anything. <laughs> I mean, he was standing right there in the orchestra before we started. I they're saw pointing him at this point. Who are you talking about now? <laughs> it's all right, sweetie. We know you can't see anything. You mean Selston? Oh, I'm not blind. I can see Selston. <laughs> Selsden. Oh my God, he's been here all the time. Standing there like Hamlet's father. My God, Selsden, <laughs> you really surprised us. We thought you were. Oh, nothing. And that's one of the best Selsden, parts Michael Caine's deadpan comedy. Speak to us. Is it a party? <laughs> Is it a party? <laughs> Is this? How killing. I got it into my head there was going to be a rehearsal. I was having a little postprandial snooze at the side of the store. And he pretends so he can't hear anybody. For the oh, isn't he lovely? Much lovelier now that we can see him. So what are we celebrating? <laughs> what are we celebrating? <laughs> Tim, you look strained and anxious. You're not trying to do too so much. So there, there you go. I can't that, find the gear. I've looked all through his wardrobe. Oh. And that's Mark Lynn Baker. No, Selston. From Tim, uh, need a break. Why don't Perfect you Strangers. Down quietly upstairs and do the company payroll. I'll just do the... He basically plays like the stagehand. He has been on his feet for 48 hours, Lloyd. And don't fall down, Tim. We may not be insured. A lot of pratfalls throughout this movie. So what's next on the bill? Well, Selzen, I thought we might try a spot of rehearsal. Oh, I won't, thank you. You won't? No, you all go ahead. I'll just sit and watch. <laughs> this is the beer in the wardrobe, is it? <laughs> no, beer my dear. He wants us to rehearse. Yes, but I think we got to rehearse, haven't we? Rehearse, yes, Selston. Well <laughs> done. I knew you'd think of something. Right, from Belinda and Freddie's entrance. Oh, my God, what's happened now? The police. Julie the police. Haggerty. They found an you know old her from man airplane. unconscious in the doorway just across the street. Oh, yes, thank you. And they say he's very dirty and pretty smelly. Yeah, thank you. He's standing right behind her. Because, because when you get close to Selston... Poppy. No, no, I mean, if you stand anywhere near Selston, you can't help noticing this very distinctive... <laughs> She I'll smoked. tell you something, Poppy. Once you get it in your nostrils, you never forget it. Sixty years now, and the smell of the theater still haunts me. Bless him. Tell me, Poppy Love, how did you get a job like this that requires <laughs> tact and understanding? You're not somebody's girlfriend, are you? I love Don't it. Worry. I love it. That was great. I mean, it goes on. It just goes on with him, and you know, there's the the. Uh, we don't want to rehearse. Let's. I'm, I'm not on for twenty pages, and they just keep going on. And they just, you know, he's not listening. That is my favorite moment in the whole movie. That that's one of them. But one that is them. my favorite. But that is early on, like when they when he's, you know, they're trying to get him to rehearse. And yes. Then he doesn't come in, and Michael Caine is like, "We're here. That's the what I'm moment's arrived." That's what I'm queuing up right now because that it? is one Sounds of my it? favorite. Yes, when you see them leave and it's supposed he's he's the burglar so he's supposed to be coming in right as christopher reeve's character goes off so they keep he keeps like interjecting and being like am i on no you're not on for another 10 pages no you're not on another five pages so then when it's time for him to come on he's nowhere to be found yep, they can't find him <laughs> michael kane i'm gonna try to queue it up with michael kane's deadpan perfect time so this this is it right here let's listen to this part they just pan over to the window nothing Selsden? you're on Selsden. We're there. The moment's arrived. All right, Lloyd. He's coming. He's coming. There should be an arm coming through the window even before Fred is off. Ah, here it comes. Hey, Bob, don't alarms. They ought to be prosecuted for incitement. All right, Selsden, hold it. Let's take it again. Hold it, Selsden. Hold it. Michael Caine is the kitchen told me so. wants you to hold it. And I'm... Stop, Selsden, darling! Like a band playing on as the Titanic sank. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you, Poppy. Selsden. My dad was nearly on the Titanic. I think he can hear better than I can. Beg your pardon? <laughs> From your entrance, please, Selsden. Of course, it was before the war, so crossing the Atlantic. Thank you. Poppy. Oh, not for me. Stops me sleeping. Put the glass back, will you? Come on again. Right, only, only a little sooner, a shade earlier, like yesterday. Freddy. 
Salesman, yeah. stop this moving as soon as Freddy opens the door. What's the line? I've heard of people getting stuck with a problem, but this is ridiculous. You stop moving when you hear the line. I've heard of people getting stuck with a problem. Stuck with a problem? Stuck with a problem, but this is ridiculous. And I want your arm through the, through the window, right? Say no more. May I make just one suggestion? <laughs> this is it. What's that, Selsden? Would it perhaps be better if I came on a little earlier? Selsden. Only there does seem to be <laughs> something of a them. hiatus between Freddy's exit and my entrance. Uh, no, Susan. Uh, listen. Yeah. Don't worry, I've got it. Well, how about coming on a little earlier? Well, well, obviously thinking along the same lines. Am I putting him on, or is he putting me on? <laughs> That's my favorite right there. That whole scene, that whole interaction. It is really like it, it is. It is. It's just like comic gold, right? Yes. Like watching it. It's the timing too, and yeah. the timing that they're all able to have. Yes. And I think they're all very well cast in these roles. Um, because like specifically like Carol Burnett and Michael mm -hmm. Caine and John Ritter, they need a lot of the timing. Christopher Reeve does a really nice job too, but I feel like yeah. Nicola Sheridan, you know, the timing isn't as critical with her, but there's no. like, you know, there, there are certain characters where they absolutely have to have it and they've got it. Yes. They've got it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those movies and I've seen it so many times that I can like go to sleep to it. Because I've, I know it so well. I know the dialogue so well. I don't necessarily have to watch it or it can be in the background. Or it's, you know, I, I've just seen it so many times that I, I just enjoy it every time it's on. Um, so what was your first, I guess, take on the movie itself? You know what I mean? Like, what, what did you think you know it's it's a it's it wasn't a super popular movie mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's kind of a b movie if you will almost yeah. with a lot of great stars in it mm -hmm. i mean i liked it the first time i saw it i thought it was really really funny and well done yeah um i particularly i enjoyed the characters that i talked about before and then as i've watched it and enough like i liked it enough that i wanted to watch it again almost immediately yeah and so we did mm -hmm. and so that's when i started to notice like different little things just how you know the, the timing and how things were written or how they were coming in and um it was quite you know it was really really well done and i feel like i still notice things all the time yes every time i watch it yeah you definitely get a little little, little subtleties mm -hmm. you know like michael kane's interactions with them when he's just kind of like almost speaking to them but not speaking to them because he's just getting frust more frustrated so he just makes these little offhanded comments or quips things like that or the whole relationship with him and poppy how they hinted that in the beginning like yes. you didn't how'd you get this job you weren't somebody's girlfriend are right you? but they are actually dating yeah but and that's kind of a thing too so the, the movie as we said it's it's about the play but it's also about the relationships the behind the scene relationships right so the very beginning and it changes throughout the movie because they you know this, all this time passes all these months pass between you know the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie as they go towards broadway so at the beginning john ritter is actually involved with carol burnett's character um, you know, and as you said, Michael Caine is involved with Poppy, but he's also involved with Nicolette Sheridan's character as well at the same time, sort of behind each other's back. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, because he's sort of the, the dog, if you will, who's seeing multiple women at the same time. Um, and that ends up changing by the end of the movie, and he ends up with Poppy, and she's pregnant. So he ends up, yeah. you know, suddenly get married by the end of it, So, which is really great. And the, it, one of my favorite sort of running gags throughout the movie is Mark Lynn Baker. <laughs> so he's behind the scenes all the time because he's a stagehand and he keeps getting sort of uh, these looks from the other stagehands who generally are women, you know, like curtain people or whatever. And every time he falls or whatever, and they just give him this like look of disgust of like, you're an idiot. You know what I mean? They just walk away from him. And then I think he ends up with one of them by the end of it, like the, the one in in Hollywood, I think, or not Hollywood, on Broadway in New York. Yeah. He ends up with her and they get together, which is really fun. But he's fun to watch. He's sort of the sleeper, mm -hmm. right? Like he's in there. He's just sort of background noise if you will and background funny you know what i mean he doesn't have a lot to do but he does have a lot because he's a stage guy so anytime they need to they sort of throw somebody into the bus they throw him yeah right he gets he does a lot of pratfalls he's he's running around he's constantly tired mm -hmm. he's always tired throughout the whole movie but he has to do the stage hand and he's a backup player yeah so if somebody gets sick or somebody gets hurt something like that he like he has to throw on the robes or he has to do something and dress up as somebody's character so it's funny to watch how the production moves from the beginning to the end and when they're on Broadway, the parts are a lot of, are somewhat different. If you notice, like at the end when they're doing this sort of like ending stage thing, Carol Burnett is dressed in Nicolette Sheridan's costume. Yeah, but that's the end of Act Two. What you see in the beginning is the end of Act One. Right, right, right. We never really yeah in the beginning we don't ever see the Act Two. 
Yeah. Right. But so my question was always, how does she end up in that costume? Oh, that's something or did happens they change in act the two? part. I don't know if they change the part, but something happens in act two. Yeah. That, that's only my take was my, that was always my take. Did some people like change their role? So because they figure maybe they're better at that role. I didn't know. I didn't take it that way. No, that's I didn't take it that way. You never know. Right. I didn't, I didn't think I, that didn't even cross my mind. I thought about it as like, it was just, you know, it was just something, whatever happened in act two, it was just more ridiculousness. No, I know. But I think at the end, if I'm not mistaken, I can look through, uh, cause I have the video up, but, um, I can see at the end when they're doing their final curtain calls or final parts to it. If I'm not mistaken. She is with, She's doing the stuff. No, no, at the end of it, she's still doing her thing. But it's yeah. at the end. But then at the end, she's like in the curtain call, she's dressed as her. Yeah. So there's something has to happen that she changes costumes and she's now. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. It's, it, I mean, that's one of the great things about this show, this movie, is that I actually want to see the actual play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I actually want to watch the entire real play that they're supposed to be doing. I don't think there is one. No, I don't think so. This was it was based off of this. I think the movie was based off an actual play, but this was the play. It was a company of people yeah. playing a company of people. You know yeah. what I mean? So I think that that's really where it really ended up being. But so, but it's still funny. This whole nothing on, nothing on show. Like I really would love to have actually seen the, the play itself. I think that would be pretty funny because it is fun. The little on and off stuff. So yeah, definitely. All right. So I'm kind of going character by character by character. Uh, Julie Haggerty's character, Poppy. What are your what's your take on poach your thoughts on Poppy? So in, in the beginning you feel bad for her. I feel yeah. like she's you know really mousy and withdrawn and yeah. then she's so stressed with everything. Yeah. And you know eventually she kind of comes into her own like when she tells him she's pregnant she just like freaks out and tells him. Yes. And that's you know I was like oh thank god. Yeah. Because she does get beat up a lot. Yeah, she know? really does. By because, him. Yeah, by him. Most by all, him, all by, by Michael him. He, he's, you know, losing his mind. He's directing this company of people who's, you know, who can't put their two feet together. <laughs> when they do, they trip over each other. And so he's stressing out and he's just basically taking out on her the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely feel bad for her um, character. And I loved her in uh, the airplane movies. Did, I, I know. You've, I know. That. I know. We know. We, <laughs> me and the audience all know you've never seen the airplane movies. Um, but she's the main lead, one of the main leads in the in the movies. I would watch them, but you always say no, 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 no don't watch them. <laughs> we should sit down and watch them at some point. Okay. One of the times that we're neither one of us are gonna fall asleep. <laughs> That's always the part. Um, all right, Mary Lou Henner. She's plays plays Belinda B- Blair. I like Mary Lou Henner in yeah. general. Like yep. I think she's a really great actress. Mm-hmm. But I think she is. I think she's well like suited to this part. Yep. Um, I enjoy her and I enjoy that she's like always running around trying to keep them together. Yes. Like she's trying to hold everyone in place. Yeah. Um, she's never really angry. She's always trying to smooth it over. Mm. And that's. And At one point she gets a little testy. Yeah. Well, she but does, but she, she goes through a lot. She starts off really like happy. Everything's great. Everybody's wonderful. She loves everybody. She loves how amazing everybody is. And she's always like the positive, upbeat mm-hmm. one. And at some point, like, it turns on. She, even she, yeah. her upbeatness, just like, I've had enough of these idiots. And Well, and she tries to, like, she's really supportive of Christopher Reeve. His relationship just fell apart yeah. in the movie. So she's really supportive of him and trying to be protective of him. And it's it's just, I really, I like her character. And as you watch her kind of, you know, through this, like, disastrous scene, I think it's in Miami. Yeah. When they have this in Miami Beach, they're playing a matinee that everything just kind of falls apart. And even she, at the end of it, is like... Yes. What, yeah. What what is even going yeah, on? The here? height of their, I think, the height of their trashed is is Miami. Miami yeah. seems to be the one, that, right? That seems to be the culmination of how bad it really gets for them. Uh, and that was really funny when Michael Caine he shows up, mm-hmm. like in the front of the house, like he's just watching. He kind of gets in mm-hmm. from New York. He's a little time off from New York because he was doing Hamlet's father, Hamlet or something like Hamlet. that. Hamlet. He was doing Hamlet in in New York, so he comes in and um, he just just to see how they're doing. <laughs> They're just a wreck. They're a wreck. And I love the fact that, like, you know, Marklin Baker, who plays Tim and Poppy, are running the 
back of the house. They're kind of organizing, and they keep coming on the mic like, hey, please take your seats. The, the curtain will raise in five minutes or two minutes. And they keep changing the times. Mm-hmm. And he finally bursts in. He's like, what the hell is going on back here? You got old people out there. They're running for the jaw because you got five minutes. And they're coming back because you're saying <laughs> one minute. And you just, like, they're going to die out there because it's Miami. And it's full of, you know, the blue hairs. And he freaks out on them. That was one of my favorite parts in that, that section. And that's really where they're really just, like, torturing each other i think so i think the part that i like best in that section is that the funniest things that happen it's all backstage and it's all in silence yeah because they all have to be silent so the play is going on but they're doing things like uh carol burnett is going after john ritter with the act no john ritter's going after christopher reeve with the act yes oh and And christopher reeve has he he can't see the sight of blood like he doesn't like any faint he faints at the sight of blood at the sight of blood and so there's all of this and they've got the bottle that's backstage and Celtas and keeps trying to get it and they're passing it off and they're yep. trying to keep an eye on him and it's really it's so yes, funny trying to keep them from killing each other because he because John Ritter thinks that Christopher Reeve is making time with Dottie yes. with Carol Burnett but they, she was just helping console him because of his marriage breakup or whatever no she so. was trying to make John Ritter jealous yeah she and John That's Ritter how she was together doing it. she was trying to yeah. like play it off yes. so John Ritter's furious and all of this is all falling to to bits and then Nicolette Sheridan has nervous exhaustion and yep. she needs to leave the play and Michael Caine has flown in basically to like put the ship right yeah to to like pull her back together yeah but he has an independent pull everybody back together yeah at the same time that was yeah. really and he's trying to make up with was it Poppy he was trying to make up for because he kept sending Tim no, out oh the flowers are for oh that's right for Nicolette Sheridan flowers Nicolette are for Ni- Nicolette Sheridan that's right for her and he keeps sending her a him out she's sending Tim out to get flowers and what happens is Poppy sees them and thinks they're for her. And uh-huh. so then he sends Tim again and again. And eventually poor Tim ends up with a cactus. Yeah, he's, it's all the money he had left. Yeah. He's like, he's like he I had the whole, with the cactus. Yeah, that's all he had left to buy. That was great. The whole Again, the whole time they're trying to keep the, the booze away from shells mm-hmm. from Selston. Selston. That was that was hysterical. And they keep like, oh, we got the bottle. They keep pulling it forward and sticking it in different places. And he keeps finding it. <laughs> he's like a bloodhound with it. It is. It's really well done. It's well-timed. It's a lot of people with really, really terrific comedic timing yeah. used to their peak. Yes, exactly right. And that I think that's it. That The comedic timing in this is probably one of the things I love the most. Because I'm big about, you know, you know me, I'm big about comedic timing and, and what it takes to, you know, really sell a joke. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. And the timing it's used to, you know, we, we know people that have no comedic timing and think they're hysterical. We all know these people. We all know. Everybody knows a person like that or people like that who think they're a funny. People? A people. A people a like peoples. that. A people. Uh, yeah, I went to, down to the roots. A peoples. So you, you, go down, you know people like that who think they're hysterical <laughs> but have no comedic timing whatsoever. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's see. Who else we need to go over? Um, let's see. We talked about Denim Elliott. We talked about Michael Caine. Christopher Reeve, we, we touched on. Um, There's not a lot Hill. there, though. There's not, but I feel like, but I feel like that's kind of Christopher Reeve's yeah. thing, yeah. right? His shtick yeah. was that, like, he played these people who there wasn't necessarily a ton there. Yeah, and that's okay. Like, yeah. he's a nice guy. He just innocent mm-hmm. again. Can't see the sight of blood. He faints. Things like that. Very uptight. Um, but he kind of plays an idiot. Right, he never he never gets anything. Everything's like, well, no, I get that, but mm-hmm. like, I understand that, but like everything was a but. Like he has to like be everything has to be explained to death to him. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Caine has to tell him why they they take the the stuff off stage and why wouldn't you just leave at the box and all that kind of stuff. And he has to constantly make up these like wild. You know, reasons for him to like, well, you know, in the, in the, there was a, a past script, there was an older script, and this, and it explains. And he's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's like, all right, thank God. And that, that's Michael Caine's job Moving the whole on. time. That's Michael Caine's job the entire time is to just basically get these people to move together and, and, and pull the ship together at the same time. And I'm sure that this, these are all parodies of people that you've kind of end up with in the theater company, right? Sure. Like, you know, I'm sure that these are all. That that's the idea, right? Like they're well-known tropes to people who do theater. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. There you have it. All right. What else? Um, Can I go over some of the things I wanted to talk about? But now, of course, without notes, I have lost it. 
anything else you want to chat about with the movie because I, I don't know it's it's one of my favorite movies that we watch all the time i think it's so i think it's a you know again because of the timing and the way that things are done uh, you know that that's what makes it so so good mm-hmm. and so really really well executed but i think that clips like i thought you had pulled up some clips I did. That could be helpful. I did. I did pull up a few clips. Now we can also go into other movies tonight if you wanted to. We could always do, you know, since we're kind of on this subject, we could also talk about Clue at the same time if you wanted to. Um, we could. You know. We could definitely do that. So, do you want to? Shall we transition to Clue then? Yeah, we can do that. We can transition to Clue. That's, yes. Again, one of my favorite movies. Another one of my favorite movies that we watch all the time. Yeah, we can make this a two-part episode, like a two, a two dual, a dual movie episode, if you will. Well, there's not so clue. I love clue. Yeah. It was a big we watched it a lot in high school with my group of high school friends. We yeah. all loved it. We thought it was hysterical. But it's another one with this sense of comedic timing mm-hmm. that is really, really critical. It is very all similar. The things, yeah, they're very similar in yeah. all the things that are done. Um, and that's what makes it. Like yeah. the part where they're all running through the house. Yes. You know, or and going back and forth and you know, I mean, all of it. They're just like in the the way that they all play off of each other. Tim Curry in particular, and how he just kind of masterfully leads the cast. Yes, but it's you know, it's it's all of those pieces together, and it's like it's again, it's something I can rewatch and rewatch. And there mm-hmm. are certain lines that just I I I know, and I get them all the time, all the time, all the time. Okay, so do you want to play the the trailer? You can play Clue? the trailer, sure. All right, let's play the trailer for Clue. funny to watch some of these old trailers they're very different yes every person in this room has the perfect motive stand back for murder what do you mean murder but only one of these suspects is the murderer is it the timid mr green why are you screaming because i'm right out or the militant Colonel Mustard. If I was the killer, I would kill you next. Huh? Sit. If. If. Mrs. White, who helped her husband on his way. What's the matter of life after death? Now that he's dead, I have a life. Ah! Miss Scarlet, who's helped many men along the way. Practice makes perfect. Huh. Professor Plum, who's looking for a way. I'm looking, I'm looking. Mrs. Peacock. I have absolutely no idea what we're doing here, but I am determined to enjoy myself. Or did the butler do it? Paramount Pictures invites you to an evening of mystery. Let us in, let us in, let us out, let us out! Murder. This is getting quite serious. And madness. Ah! In the movie that makes a scene of the crime. So Clue. It's not just a game anymore. And there you have it, Clue, and that's and that's it, right? The Clue was based off of the it's based off the, the board game, game. yeah, based off the board game. So you have all your your normal players, your Mister Green, your Colonel Mustard, um, but it adds. So we'll go through a little bit of the cast. Um, you know, uh, let's see, Tim Curry plays Wadsworth, so he's kind of the leader of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wadsworth obviously is a character created just for the for the movie, um, and he kind of brings everybody together into the house to. To go, but we'll go through the, the premise of the of the, of the show. Uh, Aileen, Aileen Brennan plays Mrs. Peacock. Madeline Kahn plays Mrs. Mrs. White. White. Christopher Lloyd is Professor Plum, and Michael McKean is Mr. Green. Martin Mull is Colonel Mustard. Leslie Ann Warren is Miss Scarlet. Colleen Camp is a vet, the um, uh, maid. Mm-hmm. So she, again, another one made up just for the for the movie. Um, Lee Ving, actually his name, uh, plays Mr. Body. Really? Yes. His name is Lee. L e e v i n g is his last name. Lee Ving. Um, so you have you know just some other different actors. Bill Henderson is the cop, and uh, Jane Widlin Widlin is the singing telegram girl. So like, there's a lot of uh, there's some other you know, Jeffrey Kramer is the motorist. There's some people that you would know from other stuff mm-hmm. uh, in there. Um, Howard Hessman who just passed away, he plays the chief. He's the chief of police yep. that, that comes in at the end. Um, you know, so again, it's it's one of those movies. It's a, a big, you know, good cast of well-known actors and actresses all brought together for this movie. This movie came out um, in 85, so a lot older than uh, Noises Off. Um, yeah, it's one of those movies, again, I watched growing up. 
It's 85, so I was, you know, nine years old when it came out. I watched it all the time. You know, we got it on videotape. I watched it all the time. I kept putting it in. Um, it is one of those, you know, another farce type comedies, a lot of slapstick, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of one-liners, a lot of quick back and forth, you know, people in and out of rooms, in and out doing things here, and then you got to really pay attention to what's going on. But it's the mystery, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who did it? Um, I think one of my favorite parts of it is the end, where they show you, what, three, three, dif- different, three endings. different endings. That's it. That could have happened this way, or could happen this way. But here's how it really, really happened. happened. Yeah. And Wadsworth, Tim Curry's like going over every time. He's you know, telling you exactly how everything went. So, you know, you have the whole bit where they come in, everybody gets the letter to bring them to this big house in New England. Mm-hmm. If it was in the Berkshires, I think it was supposed to be. Um, and, you know, eventually, you know, and then leaving's character, the Mr. Body, is supposed to be the one who brought him all there because he's been blackmailing everybody because he has dirt on everybody mm-hmm. for some reason or another. Uh, and they all kind of intertwined where they almost know everybody sort of knows each other but doesn't know each other. Um, and then he ends up getting killed. Mm-hmm. The lights go out. You get all the you get all the tools, right? Yeah. He gives everybody a gift. Somebody gets the candlestick. Somebody gets the rope, the revolver, the wrench. You know all the stuff from the game. And then somebody he ends up getting killed by somebody. So then then other people start showing up to the house and get the the cook gets killed. The cop that shows up at the door gets killed. The the singing telegram lady gets killed. Like everybody keeps getting. <laughs> I love the part where Mrs. Peacock finds like somebody comes to the door. She's like, oh, they gotta go away. Yeah. Or they'll, they'll be, be killed. killed. <laughs> yeah, that was really. <coughs> one of my favorites it's because everybody just keeps coming to the house and get everybody comes to the house that's not part of the main crew gets gets knocked off uh, and then but at the end it reveals that all of those people have something to do with it mm-hmm. right they're not there by accident right they're all part of it or they were you know informants or somebody who had to deal with how they you know how so they the people at the house knew who these people were they recognized people so it's sort of like at the end and the first one i think it's what mrs peacock that killed everybody Maybe. Was, or was it was it Miss Scarlet? It's Miss Scarlet, Miss Peacock, and then Wadsworth yeah. is the one who ends up doing it. At the last one, it's everybody mm-hmm. kills somebody, and then Wadsworth is the one who right, who ended up killing Mr. Body or whatever yeah. he is. So mm-hmm. then, so it's everybody. And the whole time, one of my favorite threads throughout the whole thing is uh, Michael McKeon's character, Mr. Green. Mm-hmm. So he's supposed to be gay yeah. throughout the whole movie. right? He's, 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 he turns out to be like FBI, yeah. right? But you don't know that until the end. You just know that these people all sort of work around, in and around Washington, D.C., government, whether it worked for the government or around Washington. And uh, he, he ends up being sort of the guy who's there to arrest and, and deal with it. So, and I love the fact that the fact at the end of it, he's just like, he's like, you know, the whole movie's like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And his is like, see, I told you I didn't do it. Now I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. <laughs> that was really great. Um, and that was after uh, Howard Hessman's character came in. It's like, all right, you know, get everybody's point. Like, I didn't do it. They did it. She did it. That was really great. So what are some of your favorite parts of this movie? Um, <laughs> I like the part where, um, I, I like the part where Madeline Kahn says, um, when they say to her, how many husbands have you had? Mine or other women's? <laughs> five. Just five? Yes, just five. Husbands should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. That's right. And then Colonel Mustard says to her, you lure men to their death like a spider with flies. <laughs> flies were men are most vulnerable. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was that a perfect exchange. favorite exchanges. Yes, perfect exchange. Yeah. Yes. And I like the, when they're sort of revealing what they you know what what her husband did he was a uh, uh an illusionist yes but he disappeared never reappeared was not oh. a very good illusionist part of his job <laughs> yeah he's just laying him he lays on his back all day mm-hmm. so he's dead he's like oh, yeah he lays on his back all day mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right and when she talks about how mad she was flames, flames, flames. on the side of my, my head flame flame glowing growing glowing, breathing glowing. heaving breathless flames, flames. yes, yes. There's so many great ones um I like when Wadsworth is like, he's trying to describe in the hallway. He's like, they're like, stop shouting. He's like, I'm not shouting. All right, I am. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. I'm shouting. The candlestick falls and hits him in the head. That and when he's running around, he keeps like knocking Mr. Green down. I love when they're running, when they're all running back and forth between the rooms. Yes, because he's trying to describe where this one got shot. Mm -hmm. This person, this person was here. This person did it. Yeah, that was really. The cook. The cook, right? And they stab the cook, and he's like, "You stop doing that!" No, and he hits him and takes him off no. again. <laughs> yeah, no. that was that was one of my, my favorite parts of the movie. So I just, 
a great cast. Um, the set, the stage was amazing. Like the house that they used and the, the the costumes. Like it really felt like like you're watching the game. Like I played mm-hmm. the game forever. Like we love Clue. It's one of my favorite games to play. You know, and like all the different versions they have now. They actually have an Office one. I would love to get the Office Clue game. By the way, oh, yes. Well, you know me with the Office, so they have that. But this was just like the classic '80s movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's written by John Landis. So that that gives you a little hint right there. Um, directed by Jonathan Lynn. Don't really know who that is, but I'm sure I can look it up and see what else stuff thinks he's done. Um, that the maid. She's yeah. she's the she's the eye candy for this movie. Yeah. We had Nicola Sheridan for the other movie. We have you know Colleen Camp, a young Colleen Camp on this movie, wearing you know, her French maid outfit. Yeah. Um, so that's you know as a kid, mm-hmm. as a you know ten year old, and then teenager. That's why you watch the movie at, at some point. Um, you know, once you've gone through all the comedy and all that stuff, like that, that's why you watch it. Let's be honest. Uh, Christopher Lloyd, Professor Plum. Talk to me. This, this, he's one of my favorite characters because he is uh, a therapist, but he's just like, he's, he's, he is not my favorite. I, I would imagine he's not your favorite because <laughs> he is not really doing your profession very good. No, because he sleeps with his patients. Right, that's the whole point. He's getting blackmailed because he's sleeping with his patients. No, he slept with his patients he with and his he family. got sued and he lost his license. Yes. As he should have, because that's a terrible thing to do. Yes. And he um, is he's has to work now for, I forget, for some government agency. Yep. Yes. But that's what he's getting sued for. Yes, I don't like Professor Plum. No, no. I think he's a naughty pants. He's a super naughty pants. That that's part of his charm in this movie. It's not charming. It is. It's not charming because it's your profession. I know what you're trying to say. It's not charming because that stuff really happens and it's awful. Of course it is, but this is a movie. I understand, movie. but I have a hard time. I understand that, and I appreciate that. But when he's when they're looking at the pictures. And Mrs. White's like, no, 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 no. Nobody can get in that position. He goes, sure they can. Watch, show me. Let me show you. Let me show you. And he, knocks, he puts her down on the couch. She's like, get, get off, off me. me. <laughs> the, 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 the calmness, get off me. I love when um, Mrs. Peacock is um, is drinking the, the brandy. They say maybe yeah. she's poisoned. She drinks brandy and she starts screaming and she's screaming. And then Wadsworth smacks her and says, well, I had to No, 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 that was, that, was, that was Michael Keane. That yeah. was Mr. Green. I had to stop, I had her, from to stop her from screaming. <laughs> before, I don't know, I put it down. Well, when did you put it down? I don't know, before I fainted, after I fainted. But any one of you could have picked it up. Yes, the pointing the fingers. One of my favorites is when they're, um, the gun, so they got the revolver, yeah. and somebody goes, uh, they get it out of the cabinet, and one shot has already gone off, like once the lights went out originally, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Mr. Mr. Body got killed, which the gun didn't actually shoot him. It clipped his ear and hit the wall behind but they get they put all the weapons in the in the, the cabinet and yeah. lock it right and then somebody goes to get the cabinet you know they go with get the gun and they start shooting at the door because uh, uh professor no um colonel mustard and miss scarlet are locked in the room yeah and they're all screaming like let us in let us in they're like let us out let, let us, us out. out and then i think it's is it a vet a vet goes to get the gun and starts shooting Oh, I don't remember. And she's like, the door is open. It's just shooting. They're like, they're shooting at us. They're shooting at us. And at the end of the movie, Watson's trying to explain how many bullets are left in the gun. Mm-hmm. And he's like, they're like, it's this, you know, we've got one for this, one for this, two for this, and one for this. So that's fine. One, so one, one plus one, one, plus, one, one, plus, one, one plus two plus one. one. No, it was one for this, two for the chandelier, and then one. And it was, oh, so it's one, one plus, plus two plus, two plus, one, plus one, one plus one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's one of my, that's one of my favorite. Yeah. Um, when they spoof like they, they, I'm sure they've done lots of spoofs, but one of my favorite ones is when they did it in Psych, and they do that part with the yes. counting. Oh, I love yes, because it. it's such I a well-known part it. of that movie. Oh my god, it went on for quite a while. That that whole portion, um, yeah. The the comedy in this is just spot on. I love listening to this. It's one of those movies like, again I can listen to while I'm sleeping. You know, it's kind of weird. It was it, when I was a kid, because I think because of the murders and everything like that. Obviously, it kind of freaked me out a little, even though it is a comedy. So there's, there's, there's certain movies, and this is one of them, where the stage that it's set kind of always weirded me out as a kid. I don't know why. I probably had, like, dreams that I was stuck there or something like that, or I was in, you know what I mean? It, probably because I would watched this before I went to bed. Um, that might have something to do with it. Um, but this was definitely one of those movies, even though I loved watching the movie. Like, it was so almost realistic to me. 
Doesn't bother me at all. I know. I know. Doesn't these, bother me in the slightest. I know. Thanos coming down with his big glove of oh, stones yes. drives him crazy. But yes. this, you know, this one. But this, no. This one doesn't bother you Not at all. Not even a little bit. That's, I know. We, we talked about that. I know. We already talked about that. But the the realistic stuff doesn't bother you. But the un- completely unrealistic mm-hmm. aliens from outer space thing drives Really disturbs my dreams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love, yeah. to, I'd love to find out why. <laughs> like what really causes that. Other than, know. like, the noises. I know we talked about that, like, the shoot 'em up bang, bang. Mm-hmm. You know, but this movie's, like, there's a lot of screaming in this movie. There's a lot of, well, I think of how I grew up. There's a lot of screaming there. Sure. A lot of loud people. Yeah, well, we know. We, we both had that growing up. There's a lot of loud people in and around us. Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Miss Scarlet, she plays the um, the the madam, basically. She mm-hmm. owns, like, a, a, a you know... A brothel, if you will, or whatever, like you know, it's a brothel. The brothel, you know, she runs a brothel, you know, you know, company, you know, with for women with a short for a short period of time, you know, and uh, <laughs> like Christopher Lloyd's like, yeah, really, what's the number? <laughs> I, know, I look, need that number. <laughs> I need that number. They look at him like with total disgust. He the whole movie, he's just like hitting on everything and just being creepy and disgusting. Tim Curry, let's talk about Wadsworth. To me, he's the star of the show. Right, I mean it's Tim Curry, so what the hell, right? He is, you know, the man and just a comedy, you know, comedic genius. Um, I love Tim Curry's Wadsworth again, just made up for the show, the movie itself. Not a part, not ever a character in the games or whatever. Give me your take on Tim Curry's character, because he ends up, like I said, he ends up being the bad guy at the end. Yeah, but the whole movie, you're on his side. He gives you that, like he's the one. Who called everybody there because his wife was also being blackmailed mm-hmm. by Mr. Body. Her friends were socialists. <laughs> yes. So, because this is what what period of time? Which which period of time? Oh, was I think it's the fifties. So, uh, I want to say it was even earlier. No, it's not because they talk about the House on on American Activities Committee, oh, okay. and that's the fifties gotcha. with McCarthy. Yep. yep, gotcha. That's right. That's right. I don't know why in my brain it was like the thirties or forties or something like that. But okay, no, you're right. Um, so. Yeah, so he he ends up being Mr. Body. He's actually Mr. Body by the end of it. Yeah. So he takes you on this complete ride this entire time, and he ends up being the main bad guy, which that was a great twist. But that yeah, but that's what makes it so wonderful, right? Yeah. Is that at the end that twist comes and you're not expecting it. You the didn't first expect time. it. No. Completely don't expect it. No. There are some characters in there like you might expect Miss Scarlet or um, Professor Plum. Mm-hmm. To have had that kind of cunning, yep. but not not Wadsworth. He just plays Tim Curry plays such a good, like a believable good guy. Yes. In this role. Yeah. And it's it's like it feels really genuine. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why like when when he had that twist at the end and he is Mr. Body and he was the one who's blackmailing everybody and he's gonna continue blackmailing everybody, because essentially he got it all out in the open. And they've all at the end by the end of the movie, because Almost everybody has killed somebody during the movie, mm-hmm. so now he has even more dish on them. Can still, you know, because you killed you, you, you know, what I mean, so he can still keep on blackmailing everybody because they all essentially have something to lose with their job, or you know, Mrs. Peacock's husband is a state senator or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, they all have something they can lose. So he's going to blackmail and continue blackmailing until basically, you know, Michael Keane's character and you know uh, Howard Hessman come in and stop him. Which I thought was great. Hardison comes in. He's basically like, you're almost like an, you know, one of those. Uh, I want to talk to you about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you mind? Yeah. Do you have a minute yeah, to yeah. talk about Jesus? Like I'd rather you not. He comes in one of those guys until he calls all the rest of the boys in. And I love the Miss Michael King's like told you I didn't do it. That's still one of my favorites. Um, so you you hear throughout the movie, you hear these parts where like people kind of give away who like mrs peacock they Mm kind of start to give away a little bit who they are which i thought was very well threaded throughout the movie and it's one of those movies you have to pay attention you have to pay attention to this movie when it's going on because things play out by the end whether it's mrs peacock's ending or miss scarlet's ending or or the whole everybody it all plays throughout the movies you get these little clips and bits but you're not not always thinking about it until the end they're like oh yeah that's right you know, like with her with the soup, mm-hmm. when she really loved the soup. This is my, like her favorite soup. What was it? Shark fin soup. Shark fin soup. That's right. And <laughs> Mr. Green's like, is that what we ate? <laughs> Look, like he's gonna yark. Yeah, that was the monkey's brains. The monkey's brains. That's Indiana Jones. Yeah. No, 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 no. But he's just like, uh, he said, monkey's brains. Although popular in Indonesian cuisine or whatever, is not often found in. 
uh, Washington, D.C. And that's when Mr. Green's like, is that what we ate? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was part of it. That was definitely, you know, so that that was uh, a good part where they keep doing the cook. Um, she's, she gets killed pretty right away. Yeah. She gets pretty, you know, she gets stabbed. So it's fun to watch them go throughout the house and all the little cool stuff that they did with, with the, how the house worked and everything like that. Stack the bodies. Stack That's the bodies. Move in the study. <laughs> That's right. Three bodies. Everything's fine. Not <laughs> like the thing go by. Like by the end of it, there's just so nonchalant. Like, yeah, it's just another body. It's another one. We'll it's, just add it to just, our collection. We're just racking them up in there. Three bodies. Everything's fine. Yeah. Because things like people start to go missing. They lose Mr. Body. Mm-hmm. His body. Mm-hmm. Mr. Body's body. It's gone. No, because he, he was playing dead. He ended up getting up and leaving. Going leaving. Through one, leaving, 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 ended leaving, up leaving, leaving through one of the well, like you know the, the paintings in the wall or whatever. And then they end up tracking him down and killing him. Something. It's a secret passage. Secret. They have a bunch of secret passages, which is hysterical. They don't really. It doesn't really work. It's kind of weird how the secret passages work. It's almost like it's on one side, but like that one from the study. Yeah. Goes to the kitchen, but the kitchen's on the other side of the house. They made that though. I mean, they just did that in the game, and so they had to carry it through yeah. to the, you know, to to this. So I I don't think it was really well thought out. I think they just kind of went with it. Yeah, yeah. Just the way the, the layout of the house. Like, how did that? You know, if you go behind the wall, whichever you you have to go around like the yeah um, the greenhouse, which there is no wall. It's just like glass. Yeah. So there's no way to get from that right side of the house to the left side of the house. I don't think they thought people. We're going to think about this as deeply as you do, my and dear. And that's a good point because it was the 80s and there was no internet. So there was none of that kind of, there was no social you media. You this, yeah. Right? There's none of that. Like today, people pick apart things to no end, uh-huh. right? Because you can, because you have the internet and you can, and obviously you can instant download, you can rewatch things and people dissect things and kind of like what we're doing, right? They, they pick things apart and go scene by scene. What did you think of it? This is the 80s. You watched it once in the theater. Mm-hmm. And maybe got it on videotape maybe when it got came it out. VHS, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you get to Blockbuster, if it was there, you know what I mean. But you certainly didn't have these discussion groups and podcasts and things like that Mm-mm. to dissect. No, you know, incorrect parts of movies. Although I do remember when I was, I think you know, like in my early teens, whatever, having those film flub books. They had books. I, th- I want to say it had like four or five volumes. I never had such a thing. Oh my God, they were fantastic. Now they're just, it's online, moviemistakes.com or whatever. You can go mm-hmm. and this, you know, it, it tallies up. Like Star Wars still has some of the highest rating, but like, Titan, you know, they, they tell you how many between, mistakes. You know, yeah, continuity, you know, where you can mm-hmm. see film equipment or whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? But I had these books mm-hmm. and I loved them. They were small little, like, you know, little short books but they were great where they went over all this stuff you know you know it's a good point though we forget even though we grew up in a time where there was not the internet like i was just watching something on netflix last night about um a sports betting like a point shaving scandal and the guy was who was saying like you know he fell asleep and he didn't hear the final score of the game and he got up the next day and he was like you know there wasn't the internet there wasn't so it wasn't like i could just find out right you know i had to and i was like oh my god yeah and you forget like but that's how we lived most of our lives yeah i I never cell phone until i graduated from college yeah you know and 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 then it was just a phone drug dealers and doctors (laughs) those are those are beepers those are the pages that's those are pagers not cell phones that's right not cell phones which one were you Neither. That's why I couldn't have one. That's right. Yeah. No. And I mean, I had one when I was. Yeah. When I worked at Cambridge Soundworks, like when, right, almost right out of high school, I had. Uh, I got my first cell phone because I, I was working. I paid for it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so was, you know, so you have to have every gadget. That's right, and I still do. No, but it was a cell phone. Like I never had one. I, you know, I had a cell phone. Right. It was. I was working and driving. Who had a cell phone in 1994? Huh. Who had a cell phone in 1994? Uh, I wasn't say it was 94. I want to say it was uh, me. Well, I mean, it was close to. It was probably 96 at the latest. We had, we had moved from California Street to Needham Street in Newton. I got it when I was up at Needham Street. Um, I definitely so didn't have one until I graduated from college. And I had a car. Nice. Yeah, I had a car right out. Well, in my last year of high school, I had a car. Yeah. Because I was allowed, like I, my grandma had given me her car and I had the car because you could last year of high school at that time, mm-hmm. you could go off campus for if, if you were a senior, like if you had mm. breaks, you could leave, you could leave school and go. You and I leave. did, it was the best. I had every lunch period, the way I worked out my schedule, I had like over an hour and a half to two hours because I had like a free block either before or after lunch. So I had my lunch period, 
plus a free block butted up against it. So usually before or after lunch. So I just go home, watch the price of right or watch something, have some lunch. And then, you know, school was now two miles maybe away from my house. Driving time was five minutes. So just drive home, have some lunch, stick around a little bit, go back to school. Keep going with the day. It was awesome. It was the best. And I still graduated with like 35 extra credits than I needed to graduate high, to graduate high school because I just uh-huh. stacked my first three years, like no free blocks, no study periods. I went to all like, you know, art majors and whatever. So I stacked it. So by the, my senior year, I had more credits than I needed to. And I still had a free block that I could go home for two hours. It's awesome. They, they got away with that really quick after I left. They stopped letting seniors go off campus. Mm-hmm. We had it good. <laughs> we had it good back then. It was nice. But yeah, so going back to it, you know, you, you see these things. And that's a fun part, I think, about movies is watching these older movies. Not just, obviously, this is a period piece, technically, right? This is in 84, mm-hmm. but like you said, it was in the you know, 50s or whatever. You know, you watch this sort of stuff happen, you know, and I was listening to... Um, it was Kevin Smith happened to be talking about that when he was watching. There was like a horror movie, like Night of the Living Dead, right? And these people are just you know in the van running away from these zombies or whatever. And like nowadays, it's like you could just you know text them, cut it out, leave me alone, right? <laughs> or or you could text somebody like I'm I'm being stalked or whatever. But there was none of that. So you watch these things like oh yeah, you can't you take for granted mm-hmm. the things that we can do today. We were talking about that like even when you watch Friends. You know, where they started to have cell phones throughout that show, but at the beginning it wasn't very prevalent. Frasier, they had more so. Like they would use their cell phones, but like, you know, you look at like a Three's Company or shows in the 80s, even the early 90s, they weren't prevalent. Well, because they didn't exist. Right. That's what I mean. So you watch them, you're like, how did they not just text that person or call that person? It's like, oh, right. There was no way to do that then. But there are a lot of those things now, like the tropes and the jokes and the things that they did that don't work anymore, right? Right. Because. Yeah, because you're like, I'm just going to call them. I just, just text them. Yeah, just text them or tweet them or whatever. I'm like, cut it out. <laughs> Hashtag, leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can't do that anymore. Um, so it's, it's interesting how they have to, you know, they have to adapt and make something work for today. You know, because there's still that kind of comedy, mistaken identities and things like that. But you have yeah. to make it a little bit more inventive because there are mm-hmm. you know, easier ways to get around it. Yeah. Well, you have to work in, you have to work within the box. Yeah. So that that's that was a fun part of this uh, this movie is watching that and how that would play out right and it would not play out the same way now oh, for sure you know so definitely one of my one of my favorite movies is Clue so which one Clue and Noises Off give me some ratings here Clue is my favorite Clue is your favorite Clue's how many mics are you giving it five five mics Ooh, can't go any higher than five mics it is. It is. You feel I mean, you, it's, a per, it's a perfect movie for you. It is. And it, it's super nostalgic for me. There's a lot of yeah. wrapped up like good memories for it with me yeah. in high school. And I just love it. So yeah. five mics. I'll go with you. I'll, I'll go with the five mic on that one. It is a perfect movie. Something you can watch over and over again. It's a fun date movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun, it's cute, you know, it's a cute date movie. Um, what about Noises Off? Four and a half. Four and a half. What took away the half? I don't think I can do two fives. So you get to do fives at once, so screw them. They get the four and a half. They're going to get bumped down. So Clue's a, a better movie to you. Yeah. To and me. I agree. I think it is a better movie. To I, me. I love Noises Off. I think Clue is definitely a step above Yeah, Noises Off. I think the the overall, the overall, the comedy and the, just the, the nostalgia for me, because it's an 80s movie, so obviously mm-hmm. I've been watching it longer than I've been watching Noises Off. Yeah. I go the same way. I'd probably be a four and a half on the Noises Off, too, because it is close to perfect it's not perfect there's a couple of going back to that there's a couple of slower points to it a couple of not dead spots but there's a couple of slow points to the movie that was just like "Ah, okay you know i think the first half of the movie is really strong once they pass miami it's just not as strong i think like once they get sort of to that after that section it's not as strong a movie yeah, even all the way up to the end. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's not. It's because then everything starts to kind of go well. Like we say, we're back at, you know, Broadway. Everything sounds like, oh, everything's working. He, you know, Michael Caine, he's happy and things like that. But like the first, it's the first half especially is a lot stronger than the second half. Whereas Clue, it's beginning to end. Yeah, I agree. You know, the, the dog poop on the shoe trope through the, <laughs> the beginning when they keep, they keep smelling it. That, that was really fun. So it's just, it's just laid with that kind of one after the other moment after moment after moment so there you go so there's our reviews on both noises off and clue 
We took care of two of them in one podcast. We Do you believe did. it? No, well, we're, we're just that good. We're just that good. Okay, fine. I like that. All right, excellent. All right, any last final words on either one of the movies? People should go watch them, obviously, if you yes. haven't done it. Um, they're both available on Apple iTunes, um, you know, probably some streaming channels. I didn't actually check on both. I know Clue is. Um, Noises Off is probably a little harder to find. Mm-hmm. Um, Clue is definitely more of a cult classic popular movie. Uh, did better in theaters, did better on home video than Noises Off did. Um, but definitely, if you can find it, I would recommend definitely watching both. And Noises Off is a good fun date movie as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. I would watch that. We did it a couple times during our dates, during when we were dating. So, yeah, I'd watch that. All right, gang. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Amy. Always a pleasure. Always fun. All right, everybody. We are Entertainment Rants at EntertainmentRants.com. Check us out on social media at Entertainment Rants and on Twitter at Entertain Rants. Feel free to drop us a line, a review on Apple Podcasts, or you know, tell us what you'd like us to rant about at EngageEntertainmentRants.com. All right. Everybody have a great night. Amy, what's our hashtag? Hashtag Let's Rant. You got it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much, and have a great night, everyone.